welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer. He's on the East Coast, and we're sizzling hot to start the week here. A little 7-1 and one total between our best bets and play a props there. We didn't get the Chris Stapps bet in there because he did not play. But other than that, we were nice. Nate had two Wemby bets that hit the three-pointers in the first quarter in about the first like four minutes of the game. So that was a nice early cash on a plus 115. So we'll look to continue that nice streak here in a best bets video that we've got right here. We've also got play a props up for you guys in a separate video. So continue to follow along. Subscribe to that page. Check both of those videos out each and every weekday this season. Also want you to head to the lines.com. Use that prop finder tool that's under the NBA tab. Shows you all the bets available to you from these books that are giving us all these uh, play of props, sides, totals, everything you want there this season. So, Nate, let's go ahead and jump right into your first NBA best bet in the battle for the Big Apple. Yeah, and I'll take the Knicks after the Nets, you know, collapse yet again. Uh, on Friday, though, they they had this weird win against the Lakers where we see them pop up every once in a while during this anemic stretch where they just surprise and and beat a team like OKC or the, or the Lakers. But, you know, Lakers, different subject for, for later in this video. Um, the Knicks are, are not messing around, obviously. They're 9-1 and one since the trade with Jalen Brunson active. Nice three-game stretch from Jalen after sitting out that Magic game. <clears throat> if you, you know, don't want the minus five because it's popped all the way up to five at some points, take Brunson 25-plus with the money line. Gets you close to even money because the Nets are are just so bad against point guards and, and JB while he was quiet in the last matchup against them, absolutely torched this team last season. Um, you know, like I said, the last three, since he got a game off, he's averaging 36 on 35% usage. This Nets defense is, is bad. Um, they have not played much at home at all in this week stretch of, of 10 games, but they've allowed 115 a game at home limiting assists. So I almost went with the Josh, uh, bold move of Jalen will get under seven and a half assists, which he's you know pretty much consistently top since the trade. But he will get over twenty five points. His core bet, by the way, is twenty eight and a half. So twenty five points is not a huge limb here against the Nets team that gives up the most points per game to point guards in their last thirty. Uh, the Knicks defense is is just extraordinarily good since this trade. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein is questionable. He might miss end that really long streak of games played, right? But they have Precious Achua now. They they can just throw in there. And it's not like Nick Claxton needs a true center to guard him. Like, they should be absolutely fine with Precious in there and, and not have to depend on Jericho Sims, who's just kind of a disaster. He could play limited minutes off the bench. But the key for defensively here is you can put OG on Mikel Bridges, who was awful in this last matchup, uh, four for 21 from the field. And now he gets OG who, you know, he's averaged 14 points per game against in his, in his last, in his career, 108 offensive rating, barely getting the line. He's a minus 21 in those games. You know, the, if they want to go with that matchup or if they want to go with OG on camp Thomas, throw some DiVincenzo at bridges, like bridges has just, has not been able to handle the workload thrown his way by the nets. That's part of the reason they're they're just not particularly good, um, and yeah, I mean this is barely a road game for the Knicks here at at the Sleepy Barclays Center, so I think minus four is just fine if you want to take them. Yeah, for sure they they, they kind of own this series, right? For all the reasons that you just said, um, and they're like you said, they ain't playing around at this point. Uh, they are turning back into the the regular season tryhards that we know and love and can bet on with some some really strong confidence during the regular season at various points. 
and in the long term, because I have a lot of money on them to be the sixth seed or better. And they're finally looking like that uh, after they were sort of m- middling around there with the the magic and such. Like, I think that especially with this trade, Mitrov's coming back, by the way, at some point. Hartenstein is questionable, um, but either way, in, in, in a game where, I mean, you don't really need a big necessarily to beat the the Nets. Claxton's been balling out. I, I will say that if there's no Hartenstein in there, like look for him to maybe have a nice game again. He just... He, he kind of sunned Anthony Davis with a 22 14 uh, win stat line there when they beat the uh, the Lakers the other day. So, you know, I'm not going to call him. I said sunned because I just wanted to say the phrase. I don't know if that's actually true because AD also had a really good game, like 28 and 12. Either way, like he'll ball out if there's no Hartenstein. But yeah, I don't care. Like, like you said, like Mikhail's going to continue to get shut down in this matchup. So I'm with that for the Knickerbockers. Uh, let's go ahead and go to that Denver Indy game in Indiana. And we're both looking at this. I think similarly, maybe a little differently. I, I do think an under is in play at 239 and a half. I also do think Denver at four and a half is still a very live play. And they're both predicated on that. I don't think Indy's really figured it out, right? And and the under would be scary because if you really just think that Indy's going to get out into transition and just continue to run, 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 and, and they might try to. They have slowed it down a, a tick since they, you know, in the last like two or three games. Uh, and Tyrese has played in both those. He's questionable tonight, which if he's out, I love under 239 and a half even more. Um, but if he, if he, and, and honestly, four and a half for the Nuggets as well. I love just as much too without Tyrese. He's obviously a huge game changer if he's in or out. But even if he is in, Denver's defense is okay. So it, it's third worst in terms of the points per possession it gives up to the other team when the other team gets out in transition. So it's like the, but the thing is, you can't get out in transition against a team that makes baskets on like every other possession at at worst right so that's why they're giving up like the fifth fewest points total like per game in transition but it's per possession because when you do get out they're not really getting back that much so it's really like are they going to hit their shots and if they do then they're they're not going to have to worry about that transition defense that they would have to play against indy if they miss shots right so that's really why i i think indy's you know defense is I guess a little bit better because it's, it held Phoenix to 117, still lost to the Portland Trailblazers and gave up 118. And it'll get better. They just they need some time to figure it out. I, no one really has their their spots totally figured out yet. Um, now Obi Toppin is, and uh, who's the other one? There's two guys now available for trade that they put on the block um, for for the uh, and, and Buddy Heald as well for both those guys. They're now on the block for the Pacers because they're they, they're like, oh, I don't think this is going to work with these two guys here. Now that we have Pascal in tow, we need to figure something else out. So they're still putting that all together. Uh, and meanwhile, the Nuggets like they're just sort of cruising along. They take care of business on the road against bad teams. And yeah, they lost to the the Sixers the other night and in an awesome game that I would watch a hundred times again if, if they played it. Um, but that was a different thing with, with Embiid, right? This is going to be a much different scenario where the, the Pacers are about to get gobbled up in the paint. And I, I know Pascal's there and that might mean it's going to get a little bit better for certain guys. Like maybe Aaron Gordon will have a tougher time than he otherwise would have. But Jokic is not going to have a tough time with anything here. Uh, if you want to take him in a double-double in a win, you can also get that at plus money, actually, like plus 110 for the double-double in the win because his rebounds prop is only at uh, 10.5. And this this uh, money line is still under minus 200, right? It's minus 190 or so for the, the, the Nuggets. So it's a pretty good bet right there, too, if you just want to dispel the 4.5 and, and assume that Jokic is going to get those 10 boards. I'm good with all that. Yeah, so why not make that your bet then here? I mean, <laughs> because I found it late and then we started the show. <laughs> yeah, everything else is predicated on whether Tyrese Halliburton is going to play, in my opinion. Like, I would not, I would not take the Nuggets on the road uh, at this spread with, with him in mm-hmm. there. I would not take the under with him in there. Um, if he's out still, like, I'm fine with either one, 
like you said. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think the Indy at home, like the, getting over 240, there's definitely a possibility here. Maybe I'm biased just because we're taking so many unders in this in this show, and we took us so many yesterday, and they they did hit. But yep. yeah, I, I mean, it just you got to watch for for whether Halliburton's in there or not. If he's not, yeah, then I'm fine with it. But it's already been bet down a couple points as if he's not playing. So mm-hmm. just just watch for it. Yep. Um, yeah. So obviously another under here, Lakers and Clippers. It's been bet up to two thirty four and a half at some places. Some places hanging a little lower. But if you can get it that high, definitely jump on that because LeBron James is out here. Um, and the Lakers are just not going to have much success getting out in transition without LeBron, uh, probably. They, I mean, they the last eight, they've been scoring the highest percentage of points off the fast break. And so that's obviously very LeBron dependent. 13 of their last 15 games without Bron have gone to 234 or lower. Some of them much lower. And maybe it's skewed if you're looking at this and like, well, they just had a shootout with Utah without LeBron, but that game was played at a 105 pace and D'Angelo Russell just went out of his body with nearly 40 points on, on incredible shooting against the Utah def- the Utah team that just plays shootouts. And the Clippers, while they've scored a lot, like I don't think that they, they're a shootout style team. They're gonna have they're gonna be very efficient with with lower possessions. Their last 10, they're playing 94 and a half pace. Uh, the last few meetings between these teams have definitely been under 100 pace, including a 106-103 meeting just a couple weeks ago. Like, at, if this goes over, it's because the Clippers continue their their blistering half-court efficiency and continue to shoot 46% from three, which is what they're shooting right now. But the Lakers recently, they, I mean, their three-point defense has been much, much better, especially at home at Staples, down to 32% opponent shooting in their last four after being one of the worst teams uh, at home for a while there they're overall on the season their defensive rating is 10 points better at home and I don't know how much LeBron at this stage in his career helps the defense other than you know being the the captain the anchor on the floor but I mean coach Bron from the bench can help you know shore up some of those things and match wits with Ty Lu here and just there's a general trend here when the Lakers do go over at Staples. It's against what non-competitive, non-playoff teams like five straight against teams that are probably not going to be in the playoffs. Versus their last six, including that one against the Clips, have gone under against uh, playoff teams. So I, I think there's a good trend here to say they're going to buckle down on defense if AD is the identity of this team. It's it's going to have to be a defensive effort. Yep, I, I concur with that, that that take on this game. I have a, a few feelings or thoughts about some stuff in this game as well with LeBron out. can definitely find some value uh, on player props with him out, obviously. So we'll, we'll talk about that in player props video. But uh, I, I do agree with uh, a grosser, choppier game coming for this one. Uh, and that if LeBron was in there, it might be a little bit three, three-ish points higher probably or so, uh, especially the way he impacts the pace. So uh, let me close it out with an under... Uh, in this Utah and New Orleans game. And I, I think I like an under for Utah just as much, but like, I mean, come on, man. This this one is pretty easy, to be honest for me. Uh, all three of these meetings this season have gone like clearly under, uh, playing at a 95 pace in the, in the last two. In the first game they played without Zion and a bunch of dudes for New Orleans, that pace got bumped up to about 100. 
which also happens within the first three weeks of the season. We see that the average pace in the NBA around like 101, which is wild until it slows back. You had the Bulls playing at like a 99 pace up until like, you know, now they're back down to like a 96. So that's just an example. Plus you had like all the youngsters for uh, the the Pellies playing because there wasn't that there were a lot of injuries there for uh, for the Pellies. So you had like Dyson Daniels and you had some Jordan Hawkins and they're just running and gunning. Um, But either way, in the other two, the pace slows down. Both these teams are pretty good at limiting second chance points. And both of them want to attack the offensive glass. Right. And they're, like I said, they're both pretty good at at limiting that. And you're going to see more Walker Kessler, which means more limiting that for sure. Um, The Yaz, just not the same team on the road. And I'll continue to buy into it. They've played once on the road since the 8th of January. um, And that's in part because of uh, missing some games with the cancellation, with the doves, et cetera. Um, But, you know, they've only played like on the 20th. So three days ago when they played uh, the, the Rockets the last time, uh, and yeah, so I, I just, I think we don't really have, I just, because they've gotten better on offense at home or, and, and have shown even a propensity to even improve while they played at home. I'm still going to buy into the, we are not as good on the road. They've shown it for like the last two to three seasons. It's historic with this team. Um, and so just because they've shown that, like I said, that they're better now at home doesn't mean that I believe them on, uh, on the road. Uh, the, the way that these two teams have played, what they limit for each other. The only if, if you were able to like maybe get some points off of turnovers for for the Pellies that that might be one way but either way there's going to be a lot of missed baskets and there's going to be a lot of defensive rebounds and that's going to be a big reason why I don't and neither of them are really going to get out in transition which we've seen as well plus Utah um, is it, or excuse me New Orleans is actually good at limiting transition points um, so I just I don't I don't like anything in this game other than like a few little player prop potentials here uh, but Utah really limits everything in terms of where um, New Orleans is shooting from on the floor as well all the stuff inside of five feet top 10 defense um, and then even the mid-range stuff which we know BI wants all all day every day he's had poor success against his team as a result of not being able to get those shots uh, with some really long tall guards playing defense including Sexton, Chris Dunn, able to just uh, spray out onto the wings and, and really defend well in that sense. So with the way that Utah plays on the road and the pace and the, and the defense that improves and the offense that just completely dwindles, I'll go ahead and say another under is coming for these two guys. Yeah, the Pelicans are a an oscillating team, right, where they, they, they play poorly, then they come back. And, um, you know, after losing to the Suns, I think they will come back with much better defensive effort. Um, both these teams are on extended rest three days off for the Pels, two days off for the Jazz, plus the cancellation uh, last week against the Warriors. So I I think when you have these extended rest situations, you you do tend to see more unders. Nuggets-Celtics, you know, comes to mind last last Friday where it was crazy under because they were both geared up for this game. Um, So I, I think that there's a good angle there. And also a bit of a correlation that the Pelicans money line goes with the under here because the Jazz want to play a game that goes over 240, right? They want they want to get you back and forth and use their depth and, and scoring. Yep, 100%. And, and they're, the, the Pelicans just really aren't getting out in transition, so they're definitely happy to choppy it up and, uh, and make this thing a little bit slower. So, Nate, let's go ahead and keep the streak alive and get into your first uh, play a prop here. Yeah, Jalen Williams, who we love, the wing wing Jalen Williams for the Thunder. And I'll take either his peripherals, which is pretty low. I think that's my preferred bet is over eight and a half rebounds assists here. Or or you can bundle it together, 28 and a half PRA. But I think the peripherals is particularly low because it's four and a half rebounds or four and a half assists. And then you put them together and you get less than that at still pretty good odds, minus 115. Uh, I mean, it's plus odds to take each individually, but... Uh, I mean, the point is, like, Jay Will has become a much bigger part of the offense here uh, recently. I mean, his last eight games, 
He's up to six and a half assists per game and 10 potential assists, a 12% assist to pass ratio. Also rebounding, um, you know, 9.3 rebound chances translating to five and a half actual rebounds in that eight game span. And in the last four, SGA's kind of cooled off a little bit, at least in terms of usage, at least in terms of like other teams completely selling out for uh, to get the ball out of his hands, right? <clears throat> Which is to say like, all right, we need a secondary playmaker. And J-Dub has the, has the second highest usage rate, 25% usage, able to get a ton of assists as that secondary playmaker. Um, he dropped 21-7-4 and four in just 19 minutes when they absolutely demolished Portland a week ago uh, at home. Or I think it was like 10 days ago at this point. I actually think this one's going to be a little closer. I, I don't know why. I just I don't think you know you're going to come back and do that again to a Portland team. I mean, I, I do know why. It was because Portland was on this really long road trip where they literally punted every game and, and they didn't seem to care. I think there was a back to back even at OKC, and now you know they they have more guys in there. They're giving Brogdon actual run, uh, so it should be relatively competitive. He'll get more than 19 minutes. We we would think because of that. And while you're out there, I mean, Portland gives up the fifth most rebounds, seventh most assists on the road. Uh, and that's up to 32 assists per game in their last six, including 41 to OKC in that blowout. So I think J-Dub, you know, his assists should be there and, and the rebounds should be there as well. You're saying you're not predicting another 62-point blowout? <laughs> A little closer. A little closer to that. Okay. Well, 30 points would still mean that uh, they didn't have to play that much. So I I, I, tr- I trust and believe in all these. And you know J-Dub is my guy. I mean, I, 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 I've been on him at least like six times this season already uh, for these videos. And, and just in general, probably a bit more than I've let on in the videos I've bet on him as well. Because he is still being undervalued. He was undervalued all last season, starting with his coach until he finally started giving him 30, uh, near 30 minutes a game uh, starting in December, January last year when we started looking at him and I picked him up in fantasy and he took me all the way to the playoffs. Uh, so like, we'll, we'll continue to to believe in him way more than the books seem to, or at least the public, because the, I guess there's not that many people still watching OKC. Like they are a league pass team that you would need to see. They're on national television a lot more, but uh, J-Dub is not, it's, it's, it's a Chet and, SGA recap every time you watch a sports center or anything like that, right? So, uh, J J Dub though, if you watch a game, is a wonderful shooting guard. Still listed as like power forward on a lot of these random sites. He's a shooting guard, man. He's option two, one uh, B, however you want to phrase it. So I- I'm gonna I'll continue to believe in him. The only thing that kept me from touching this game in any way is obviously the 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 blowout potential. So uh, I'm gonna go to the game I talked about in best bets where I took an under for the the Pellies and the the. Yaz here in New Orleans, but I'd like CJ McCollum to do a lot of the dirty work here for, well, not dirty work, just a lot of the work overall, uh, actually pretty work for the the Pelicans. Cause I think he's going to score. And I think he's going to assist um, both of those things. He's at 23 and a half PA. Uh, so I'm taking over in that he's gone over in four of his last five versus Utah. Um, including even when he was on the, the the Blazers, he would go over versus this team. Um, he's averaging 23 a game and five assists in those five, so well over the 24 PA that he would need. This did open up at like 22, 21 and a half, I think, in some places, and it has been bet up because it's pretty clear that this is a good spot for him. The Jazz have been all right against point guards. I will say they've been limiting point guards. Sexton's a very good defensive point guard, but they just played this game, and uh, McCollum went went off again. I mean, 22 and 7, I don't know if you want to say off, but he cleared this number very easily with the exact lineups that we're going to see playing in this one, like the same squads we're playing in that last game there for CJ uh, when he played the Yaz. So uh, he th- 
there's a reason for it. I mean, CJ shoots all his stuff above the break, or he takes one step in and, and takes the, the mid-range, right? That Those are the two shots that CJ McCollum takes if he's not able to get uh, any further to the rim. Does have a nice floater, by the way. The, the five to nine foot sort of the the painted non-restricted area, if you will, is like a, is where CJ also lives a lot, right? If he can get step in and get that floater game, works for him very well. He hits a bunch of shots from there, and that is where Utah gives up a way more shots because people don't really want to go all the way to the rim against uh, some of these shot blockers on this team namely walker kessler right so that that would be a big reason why they don't give up utah doesn't give up stuff inside of five feet but they give up plenty from five to nine and they give up a ton at the top of the break where cj's taking seven above the break threes per game right not really obviously getting into the corners he's he's the point guard especially when there are five all five guys including obviously bi and zion or are they on the floor is what you want to know and they've been on the floor for the last 10 games when cj's been going comfortable not comfortably but over this number as well averaging 23 points and assists over his last 10 um, he does average a bit more assists uh, when Zion's not in there, but over the, like I said, the last 10 Zion's assists have been right about even as well with him, as opposed to Zion being mostly point Zion. There's been uh, him playing a lot more off ball as well. So that's why I like the, the potential where the potential assists are at for CJ. The fact that Utah's defense is terrible on the road and gives up a ton of assists four more actually on the road, 30 assists per game that they allow versus 26 when they play at home. So uh, I, I don't love points overall, but I think CJ is going to be doing a lot of the work on offense for the Pels. Yeah, we don't we don't like the game to go over, but we do have two over props from this game, uh, interestingly. But, I mean, I do like taking the vet here, CJ versus BI or, or Zion, because when we're on extended rest here. I mentioned three days off for the Pelicans. You look at the game log, anytime basically CJ has played a competitive game, like not a blowout at, on two-plus days off, he, he's gotten this prop. And that includes his first game back from missing almost all of November. Uh, where he went for 20 and five against Philly. Uh, that, that includes, you know, going over against Minnesota, really good defenses. And then, yeah, you see what he did in this matchup against Utah, which is not a good defense at all, uh, which is, you know, making me again concerned uh, about a game under. But, you know, we're talking player props here, and I'm going to keep going with Colin Sexton um, to score over 21 and a half points, which does again seem to be a little undervalued for a guy who continues. To score a ton, I I think, you know, we often advocate follow the minutes and he doesn't get a ton of minutes, but this seems to be a, a strategy from Will Hardy to just have him be really fresh and really aggressive when he's out there. And that's why he has a 30, over a 30% usage rate in his last four. And he's getting 29 points per game in those 31 minutes. Uh, he's a plus 48, big part of their success. And He's done it in some relatively tough matchups, including 30 in just 24 minutes against Indy, which is somehow the point guard stoppers, including 28 points last time out against Houston, uh, a really good home defense, took 27 shots and still got those 27 up despite Clarkson coming off the bench and jacking 25 shots. So, I, I mean, the Jazz are fine going up and down, taking a ton of shots. New Orleans has somehow given up the most points to point guards in their last seven here. I think he will get that that head-to-head matchup against CJ, who is probably the weak point of the defense that the Pelicans are going to have to switch, you know, trade uh, um, offense for defense in that sense and keep him out on the floor because he's he's facilitating getting Josh's bet done. And we just saw Sexton go toe-to-toe with SGA, um, clearly, you know, showing that competitiveness, nicknamed the young bull apparently, uh, and, and, and will go right at this old dude. Uh, as as he comes off two days rest as well, um, you know he's averaging twenty five in this hot stretch for the Jazz. Last eight, 
and shooting 51% from three, also getting five and a half assists, like just a really big part of their offensive explosion. And and I think he can uh, stay relatively hot in this one. I'm with it. I, I think he's going to get the minutes moving forward. I, I can't like, if you, if you look at his game log, I don't think Will Hardy can ignore, um, you know, a, a per 36 of like, you know, 50 points or whatever at this point. Um, if you look at his, his game long in the last 10, it, it, dating back to the beginning of this month, right? In the month of January, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 27, 18, 21, 20, 28, 24. Like one 30-minute game in there, all well below it, right? And then he has that amazing game versus OKC with 31 points of 34 minutes. And then he gets another 40 against Houston. And I do think that's about to be the trend is like... All those minutes I just said, add a point to it. When he played 18 minutes, 19 points. He played 20 minutes, 22 points. Like, you can't keep him out. If he's scoring more than a point a minute, you got to keep him on the floor. He still had, like, 28 points in the 40 minutes. He's still very efficient. Um, Colin Sexton is, like, here to play, man. And he's one of those dudes that I feel like we both looked at since he came in the league and been like, is, there, is anyone else seeing this dude? This dude's incredible. He, he goes so hard. He plays such incredible defense. He's under control on offense. And he's finally getting his due is really just what I think is happening. The same way sort of Markinen did, honestly. It's a, it's a, a good place to be a, a jazz player right now who needs a, a sort of refresh for under Will Hardy. So let me close it out here with Austin Threaves, Mr. Reeves there for LA. But I'm not talking about his uh, three-point prop necessarily. I just want to talk about his rebound prop. And it's at three and a half. I would take that. I would also, I, I think I, I feel more comfortable as well, with, not more comfortable, just as comfortable rather with the points and rebounds. His points go up when when uh, Mr. LeBron James is not playing. His minutes go up a smidge as well. He's one of the larger beneficiar, uh, beneficiaries of LeBron not being in there, right? Like he's the one who gets a little bit more usage. There's more shots specifically for him. D'Lo, <laughs> D'Lo going D'Lo. So he shoots when LeBron's out there, um, but he's he's going to shoot even more probably tonight as well. If you want to look at D'Lo, his props are rising continuously because everyone knows that he's been on a heater in the last couple of weeks, as we called the other game, uh, talking about his three-point prop and stuff like that. Um, now he's back in a, in a situation where, it's not a great situation for either player. Like, I don't want to have to take too many, too many props or overs versus this Clippers team. The rim will be a little bit more available uh, as well. And that does lean towards Austin's points prop more because he is someone who wants to get to the foul line and, and, and go inside a bit more, definitely more than D'Lo does, obviously. And without Zubac in there and with Daniel Tyson there, things are going to be a little bit softer uh, for guys like Austin Reeves to go uh, down low. So th that's another reason why I like the rebounds for him is Zoo is not playing. Um, and Zubak got gobbled up 19 boards last time they played. Um, AD and Christian Wood also combined, uh, and as, as well as LeBron combined for 28 boards between the three of them. So there wasn't that much to go around for, for Mr. Austin Reeves last game. Um, even though he had just in 31 minutes, he only had eight points, zero boards, just a completely different look. Now you've got Kawhi PG. Those are the guys that need to rebound. Russell Westbrook are the guys rebounding for the clips without Zubach over the last roughly six games or so. Um, and that means there's a lot more opportunity for, for Austin Reeves. Like I said, he's, he's gone over this, uh, in, in his last four and all three this season in terms of the rebounds, the points and rebounds at, uh, 19 and a half is something he also continues to go over. If you look at what the games he's played without LeBron, he's averaging about nine and a half rebound chances per game so at three and a half boards I, I just don't think they're taking into consideration that Austin Reeves is a lot more involved in the rebounding game on this starting unit when and also Rui's not getting the, the minutes either so there's it's maybe you'll see a bit more Rui or a bit more Jared Vanderbilt but Austin Reeves is also going to be up well above 32 33 minutes in this game yeah it looks like they might start Rui for Braun but you're not going to keep him out there yeah. against this small ball Clippers team right especially without Zoo it's going to be a much it's going to be AD and and four wings basically. And Austin Reeves was the first person I looked at with LeBron out here. 
I don't love the matchup because like he's going to see plenty of like Paul George and Kawhi and they're obviously very good defensively, but I, I think there will be a little bit of spike in terms of his overall production. Um, so yeah, I, I, I am fine with that. I, I, this game, like with the Lakers, it's, it's so hard to predict effort, but, um, you got to assume that, I mean, first of all, AR is the guy who gives effort all, all the time. Uh, you know, and, and you got to assume that they're going to bring it against their, their cross building rivals. Um, and that will get a fair shake here. But I, I mean, maybe I'm just a little sour about on Friday, them getting blown out by a freaking nets, uh, team that had not, Scored uh, 110 against anybody prior to that game. Oh, you mean when they dropped 130 uh, on that yeah. team? Yeah, that that was a might have been 132. Brutal, wildly brutal. And 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 Mikhail still hit under. By the way, in that game, we took him under 23 and a half points, and <laughs> he still hit. That's why I said Nick Claxton stunned him. But anyway, that is all the time we have. No one's picking a Lakers victory here. Uh, I just like Austin Reeves to get rebounds more than anything. So uh, that's all the time we have, though, in the play of props. We also have best bets up for you. So make sure to subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along all season with us. And until we see you next, happy betting. Stop, 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 stop.